Welcome to Code Talk, the podcast from dzone.com, for developers, by developers. Hey, Dizon, we're here at DevNation 2016 in Moscone Center in San Francisco, and I'm here with Zone leader Sam Atkinson, who just finished giving an absolutely fascinating and excellent post-lunch talk on uh, Be Russia, or how NASA is kind of like Waterfall and Russia is kind of like Agile or something like that. Um, can you tell me a little bit more, Sam, about um, about this talk and, and how you came up with the idea for this? Sure. Talk? Yeah, so the talk is called What Developers Can Learn From Astronauts. There is a fair amount of NASA bashing in there, but NASA are awesome, honestly. Um, so I was reading uh, an awesome autobiography by Chris Hadfield. He's a really good astronaut. Uh, highly recommend the book. And there was a lot of parallels with software development, and that just kind of spiraled out into this huge talk and hopefully eventually book about you know what the parallels are and what we can learn. And it's been really fascinating to do it because there's a lot of stuff. You know, I get a lot of imposter syndrome as a developer, and it turns out there's a lot of stuff that's not because developers do silly things. It's just because humanity does stupid things. Uh, NASA, you know, incredibly well funded, have some of the smartest people in the world, and they do dumb stuff. Uh, so it was really nice to put a, a talk together to make people feel better about it. And there's some other cool things to learn there. Um, so like you mentioned that. Russia is more, there's kind of a loose analogous uh, of agile development because every time their Soyuz spacecraft returns, they improve it and iterate it and change it. Whereas NASA had the space shuttle, which when they built it, that was that. It was just this hulking monolith that could not be changed. And the number of uh, the number of missions actually, that difference was striking, right? Yeah, for each so, of those, right? It was yeah, like 135 yeah, for the shuttles, yeah. Yeah, and that, uh, Soyuz has now done over a thousand flights and. So it's obviously a huge difference. Space Shuttle was, that was over 30 years. The Soyuz is coming up to, I think it's 55 years because they've had that one thing and they just keep iterating and improving it. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, there's lots of good lessons that we can learn about that sort of thing. And one of the main takeaways I was just talking to someone afterwards was this concept of normalization of deviance. Mm -hmm. So when, um, you know, you have a production bug and the business kind of works around it and then it just becomes accepted as part of your system until it eventually really blows up and causes problems. Uh, that's something that NASA has as well with the space shuttle disasters. Both of those were preventable because you had these issues that had just been accepted as, you know, oh, the space shuttle keeps coming back, okay, we'll leave it. Uh, and so it's nice to have this term, the normalization of deviance, which was came from NASA, mm -hmm. um, to put to the software term. So hopefully now we can stop it in software development and actually get some stuff fixed. So, you know, the Six Sigma thing, right? I'm sort of aware almost, yeah. of Six Sigma, yes. And my wife always like, I hate Six Sigma Go. That's why this thing sucks and this thing sucks. And so I guess part of it is that uh, those those kinds of, well, some of those kinds of like quality control systems were from factories where each little output is a widget and it's okay if a certain percentage of them are gone. Whereas in a complex system like a shuttle or like software, one little widget out of place might explode everything or it might not. And if you're just okay with a certain number of little widgets out of place, then that doesn't tell you whether it's the crucial O-ring or it's like some yeah. meaningless like badge on your... And your wife is completely software. right, Six Sigma does suck. Okay. But, um, but yeah, that, that's the thing is that, you know, we aren't building little widgets. We're building these complex system and any part of that could or could not cause it to destroy itself in a catastrophic fa fashion. So we need to build systems that are resilient to that or one of the other points of the talk was to fail fast. You know, if you have a... We're not NASA, we can't build these super resilient systems because we have to actually deliver something um, so instead, if your system's going to fail, make it fail quickly and not limp along, and then bring up another node. We have great technology that allows us now that if a node collapses, that we can bring up another one. Netflix are the masters of this, and there's no reason we all can't be doing that. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like just like a devil's advocate or something like that, right? Like in a court case, if somebody's trying to destroy you, if your chaos monkey is trying to take you down, or you know, then if you can beat that, then you can beat anything or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how do you? I mean, you mentioned that you were like a space nerd, but just tell me a little bit how you. Not just got to this particular idea, but 
broadly with your background in software development and how that made you think about these kinds of problems? Well, so my background is in finance uh, historically, which is it's a difficult industry to be in just because it's some, it's not as cool. You know, we're a bit behind the times in a lot of these things, uh, and particularly on onboarding concepts like agile and waterfall, which in many ways again is similar to space. Like before your SpaceX's and your Blue Origins. They were very, something like NASA and Roscosmos are very bureaucratic, big, hulking oaks, which is a bit similar to what it is like to work in finance sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, you know, my my background. I'm a Java nerd, absolutely love Java and always will. And yeah, I mean, my space nerdiness is just because I'm a geek. Everyone likes it. You know, I'm a Star Trek fan. Um, Star Trek rules. And yeah, and then I I read space books. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a, a a great reason why this was a good post-launch talk because yeah. everybody kind of is a Star Trek nerd or, or a space nerd or something like that and you actually had done a bunch of reading to say like you know what there are analogies and I guess it, it feels a little bit like um, there always are even in some of the um, you always notice kind of little like bits where, where space things will apply to your work as software one of my favorite example is um, in Apollo 13 when they like throw a bunch of objects on a table right and they're like oh here's what we have to produce a carbon scrubber that's sometimes what happens, right? You just have, and I guess in, in an industry like finance, you have extremely tight constraints that you just like space, right? It's, it's kind of scary <laughs> yeah. and terrifying, and you can't get outside of it because otherwise the whole business gets sued by the government or something like that, I, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's it. There are there are a huge amount of analogies. Like it's, it's space isn't that far away from computer science. We're both relatively young industries. Both require a lot of smart problem solving skills, which is why I think it worked very well. But I think there's lots of other industries we could pick up stuff from as well, which I'll figure out for my next talk. But I don't right. know what. I mean, in finance, right? So, as a developer, my perspective is. Banks mean tremendous regulation and huge risk, yes, and so there's indeed. tremendous risk mitigation. And what else is there like special about writing code for for financial institutions? Surprisingly, not that much. I think there's this idea, like I, I often see, because I, so I run a website called College Java Interview Questions, so I work with a lot of people looking for other roles. And there's this idea that in banks you're doing this super amazing code all the time that is hyper multi-threaded and is really fancy. And in reality, it's not. We build systems just like any other industry. There's only a very tiny amount that are that like super high speed. Most of us are just building normal cool UIs, and uh, it's it's relatively easy. It's just that we do have a lot of regulation, um, which impacts certain things, particularly software choice sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that, that's about it. It's pretty similar to working any other industry, I think. And uh, you, you lived, um, uh, you're from England, is that right? I am. But you lived in Hong Kong for a while. Yeah, I lived in been... Hong Kong for four years. Right, and um, and so, and so but you've been traveling all over the world, right? Yes, and... I spent the last year, um, yeah, traveling around the world. Like, I, I won't say dossing. It's been really hard work, surprisingly enough. I feel really bad when I talk to people about traveling and I say how tired I am from it. But it, I'm genuinely, I'm a much better project manager now because when you have to every single day figure out where you're going next, where you're going to stay, what you're going to do, mm-hmm. a lot of planning and logistics involved. So, uh, yeah, this is my penultimate day. Tomorrow I fly back to the UK to actually go back to work and stuff, which is terrifying. Wow, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's been a wonderful year. I mean, that, that the, administ- like the, the planning stuff, I was just talking the other day about how we could really use somebody who's like an administrative assistant because everybody in our company is like, oh, we like that's an easy job. We can just do it and then we end up forgetting things. We end up booking things that overlap and then we have to cancel on it. Just that sort of juggling is actually a special skill you can't just 
fake just because no. you're good at complex systems, no, right? That's it. it. It's hard work, and like I'm very lucky that my wife enjoys that sort of thing. I've managed oh, to avoid lucky. an awful <laughs> chunk of a lot of it because she likes to look where we're going next and book places up. And then when we get there, I'm in charge of figuring out what we're doing, like what activities and where we're going to go and visit. Mm-hmm. So we make a good team, but it is genuinely, it's it's a job. So yes, you should get an administrative assistant. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and then the travel around the world, like, did you happen to talk to any, like, um, developers around the world and see what, like, Brazilians are like? Or? No, surprisingly not as many as I would like. So I was hoping that I would go around and be able to go to all of these, like, tech meetups and go meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there actually was surprisingly not that many. Like, outside mm-hmm. of the big city hubs, there isn't that much on things like meetup.com. And you were doing like nature and um, like archaeological sites and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's it. Um, so it, I didn't get to speak to that many developers, unfortunately. Um, but I did have a very nice time. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Sam has been sending um, to us the team here like gorgeous pictures where he's just like, "Oh, here am I am with Machu Picchu, and here's like a lake that's more beautiful than anything you've ever seen, and yet you've never heard of it." And yes. Yeah. Sorry about that. Right there. It, was, it, it makes you feel really better. One of my wife's, uh, mine and my wife's favorite things to do when we're traveling is just we turn to each other and go everyone's in work at the moment and then we just have a laugh to each other it's brilliant that is great and i actually find uh, um, i wish that i had uh planned things better but I, I do find that traveling does like mind expansion in a way that makes i guess one of the things that i, I didn't like about um software development when i did this was that it kind of if you're at least working on similar kinds of projects with similar technologies you sort of do couple your mind to that mindset a little bit yeah and i know that some people get out of that by just using different technologies but i mean like c sharp and java don't make you think in profoundly different ways yeah. um traveling does for me anyway like i it really breaks and then everything looks a little bit different and i almost wonder if there's some sort of like not just professional coding development but sort of general mental development that might be really beneficial too I'll let you know engineers. when I start work again. But I, th- I think you're you're spot on. You know, it is mine opening. But I mean, one of the nice things for me, so I became a zone leader at D Zone at Christmas. So this was like three months into my trip. So I spent about three months letting my mind turn to mush, having worked for however long, and that was awesome. But then, like, I needed to get going again. Unfortunately, zone leader came, and zone leader has been a wonderful way for me to learn new stuff because it forces you to do that, to try new things, and not just be in your zone. Um, so we are looking for zone leaders, I think. So yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So if you, if you want to have your mind expanded, then, expanded, then definitely sign up because it's a brilliant way of trying those new technologies. And I think that combined with traveling means, yeah, it's been really nice. And Sam wrote a really nice article about writing as a developer, writing English or writing natural language and how that how that helps you think through problems and meet people and, and actually, I guess... Um, almost like uh, you know influence the community a little bit in a way that's beneficial to you as well and it reminded me of this thing um, the like um, the literate programming of Donald Knuth which is that you should be able to read a program from beginning to end like a book yes right like sort of curl up and and there's that sort of like it's it's not just it's it's the part of programming that's combining the the abstract structure with the fact that it is like a Turing machine is linear right it is doing the thing in order Right, and that's something that's easy to forget when you write in a high-level language, and then you're like, you know, I don't need to worry about that. That's for the assembly people or something like that, <laughs> the procedural people. But, but it's not really true, right? So somehow combining both the high-level structure and also the linearity is something that feels to me about like narrative writing or, yes, absolutely. blog posting or something like that. I mean, that, that last point in particular was quite interesting because I basically asked the question, why aren't you writing to developers? Like, why are you not doing this? Because I, I found there's a surprisingly less blogs, tech blogs out there, programming blogs, than I thought there would be. And the feedback tended to be people are scared of getting it wrong, uh, you know, looking stupid. Um, and I, for me, it's been wonderful as an experience because you know I do do stuff wrong. I put some articles up which were factually I'd completely messed up, 
and people came and they gave me a load of grief for it and then I went back and fixed it and that's okay it's not the end of the world but conversely I've also put lots of articles up that have been really valuable that have helped people learn that have helped me learn stuff um, and it's just it's a great experience and so I, don't, uh, I think don't be afraid to put yourself out there there's no need to spend months and months uh, getting a, a single piece right that no one's ever going to read. D-Zone's great because it gives you an audience already there to read your articles and we're putting up you know about two or three articles a week and so you have to get good at writing and learning new tech stuff and it's a really valuable skill set I think I've got. And Sam's writing is actually kind of lean and agile too like he's written a bunch of articles for job interviews and then also on D-Zone on various topics and then you've then turned them into books right not like make a whole yeah. book gestate for a long time and then go through like round and round of review it's just lots of little pieces get feedback on all of them then stitch it all together. Right? That's right. So I'm so. very, very big on this concept of like lean publishing. So there's a website called leanpub.com where you can basically publish your book with no pages written and then and start charging for it. And then as soon as you write pages, you just release them and then people get those updates. And it's good because there's this concept of, you know, I'm going to keep this book hidden away for months and then eventually release it to the world in a grand thing. It just, it doesn't work. How do you know anyone cares? Mm-hmm. So when I was doing my book, Java Interview Bootcamp, that was just effectively most of the blog posts from my website. And I was just putting them into this blog, but people were buying it because they want that information compiled into a book format and having it all flow together. And because people were buying it, I was like, well, hey, I wanted something here. I might as well continue doing it. Uh, and I've, I've now gone on, you know, I've got a few books on the go. And based off this talk, I'm now trying to write a book called What Developers uh, Can Learn From Astronauts, which will hopefully be out soon. Cool. Yeah, we'll look forward to that one too. Um, any final things we should check out? I think you mentioned your, your Twitter handle. and uh, Yeah, so I'm on Twitter as at SambaHK. Uh, Please follow me. I'm very friendly and would love to hear from you. Okay, awesome. Thanks a lot, Sam. Thanks. Thanks for listening. To hear more, go to dzone.com slash podcast. If you have any comments or questions or would like to request a guest to appear on the show, email me at johnny at dzone.com. That's J-O-H-N-E at dzone.com. E-O-F. 